0: Do you want to go faster? Yeah. It's Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester. Ken loves talking about cars and automotive trends. And here he is, the automotive host with the most, Ken Chester.
1: Welcome to Roadworthy Drive, America's premier automotive news and technology program. I'm your host, Ken Chester. With over 30 years of reviewing cars and following the automotive industry, I've had a front-row seat to the evolution of transportation choices that we enjoy today here in the United States. I pack each and every hour full of news you can use, along with the information that you need to make you a better, more informed consumer. And of course, this hour is no exception. The big news is and in fact the focus for this hour is the word from the Ford Motor Company that their host of their wholesale abandonment of the passenger car segment of the in the automotive marketplace. We'll discuss and explore what this means in three parts the actual news of the marketing shift, uh what it means and what it means to you, why the Asian manufacturers are actually doubling down on passenger cars, and then finally as a consumer, some shopping and negotiating. Negotiation strategies to consider. All that in this hour. For those of you that desire to add your voice to the conversation, call or text me on the Roadworthy Drive line at 872 222 9793. If email is your preferred method of communication with the show, my address is ken at roadworthydrive.net. Either way is easy, and we'd love to hear from you. Now, before I go any further, let me introduce you to the other members of this merry group, known as the Roadworthy Drive crew. You know him. You love him. He's the designated adult, as required by the suits, the man at the controls with the snark in his mouth, my good friend and Roadworthy Drive executive producer, Jack. And at mic number two is Roadworthy's very own sweet and sassy social media diva and opinionated gamer girl, Miss Sasha. Howdy, my peoples. Hi, Ken. How are you? I am doing okay. okay. How y'all doing,
0: Sasha? Yes, Uh-oh. sir. Two, two things. Yes. The suits refused your one point three million dollar Bugatti. I,
2: I mean, how did you pitch that to them, though?
0: I mean, I, I didn't have to pitch it to them. <laughs> they sent me an email. Oh, right <laughs> off the bat. Now, number two, you are not the only one this week. They got rejected by the suits. Ah, uh-huh. no charity. For yet. those of you out there in our affiliate land. We have not had the best weather in the, this month. Mm. We just have not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Today it is 70 degrees and absolutely beautiful and I pitched to them, "Hey, grab the remote engineer for me and he can be up here running all this stuff and we'd be downstairs out in the parking lot just being able to enjoy the day." Right. And do you know what they said to me? Um, yes.
1: <laughs> what did they Hold say? Hold on. Uh oh. What did they say? Jack? Where did it go? Uh huh. Oh. I thi- oh here, oh, here, Th- it, there there
0: you here go. it is.
2: Right.
0: Here here it is. This is their exact response. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I had to find it. Yeah. Well. But anyway, yeah. Ken, well, it,
1: it was in the voluminous email that you get every week. Well. So yeah. We, we understand why. Of course, you may have had a hard time finding that response from the suits. Well, yeah.
0: Anyway, Ken, let's get to the parts bin been this week because we've had an awful lot of news going on. Now. We
1: have. Indeed, we have. Um, I want to start with something. Honda has developed something they call their Urban EV Concept, which looks a little bit like kind of – it's a little retro-looking in a way. Kind of reminds me of the Econobox Compacts back of the 70s. Oh, yes, it does. Uh, but they call it their adorable little Urban EV Concept, and they confirmed – they're actually going to make a production version of that car, and they're looking at late 2019, which would make it a 2020 model. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it features a two-door, four-seat design, and uh, th- this is this, I believe, is TechCrunch, and their quote, and looks and a look that evokes virtual pets more than maybe automobiles. Uh, I believe they're going to offer this in Europe first, uh, where quirky styling and a maximum use of minimum space are a good fit street conditions and use cases and trust me over there yeah tight really tight Mm -hmm. you know when a ford focus is considered a large car oh that's not good yeah they need yeah you need to maximize space that's a cute little car yeah it is cute all right how about this digital tires
0: i heard something about this (laughs) Now I'm sorry, but with all this digital technology that's coming, yes, mm-hmm. my tires are going to tell on me now.
1: Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- they're gonna that
2: you abuse in them. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> they're gonna
1: be putting it out there. Uh, Goodyear introduced something called the Eagle 360 Urban. It's a concept tire that, for one thing, is 3D printed. I wonder how that's going to wear, and is able to transform. That creeps me out. Interact <laughs> and make decisions within its environment. Oh. Yeah, I can see it. 40 below says, I ain't going out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that yeah, makes a decision. I, I had I, a car
2: that was like that. If there was anything on the road, it was like, nope, I'm not going. No. Now, they claim
1: that it's the first concept tire to be completely powered by artificial intelligence. Wait. Oh, yeah, ice. Yeah, it's like, it, it turns around and laughs at you. Like, yeah, not happening. You don't need
0: milk that bad. Yeah, okay. not that bad. Now, the next thing the tires are going to have to have, they're going to have to be warm. So they're going to have to come up with something to heat the tires in the winter for those of us that live in the Arctic Tundra.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> the Arctic. I continue. Possessing brain-like power, which scares me. Yes. The tire combines morphing tread with a bionic skin. What? Is this the Avengers? I No, I'm, I'm waiting for the $6 million man again. I'm waiting for the music. Uh, the bionic skin is embedded with a network of sensors that will allow the sphere. It's a sphere even. It's not even a tire. It's a sphere.
0: Are they talking about a steering tire? Uh,
1: I guess that you'll be able to do it somehow.
0: I'm hoping they're not talking about a steer that I eat.
1: Uh, no, no no, <laughs> no, no. Steer, not steer. Okay. Okay. It uh, will be able to check its own status uh. as well as discern environmental information. Yeah, I'd like to see this thing want to go off-road. Say, yeah, no, I don't S- think
0: Environmental so. information.
1: <laughs> the dude just put me on two tires instead of four. Right. Yeah. The tire will also be self-diagnostic and self-repairing.
2: Wait, why am I picturing like little arms coming out of the sides of the tire and like working on the tire?
1: All it says is self diagnostic and self repair Like batteries well, not included that's all I or, like
0: it. But wait a minute, guys. Goodyear's already had puncture fixing technology.
1: <laughs> yeah, for like the, sixty years.
0: In their in, in their in their technology someplace.
1: Yes. And self, they call them self healing. Yes. And and that's been the thing. But wait a minute, there's more. Okay. Of course there is. Um, Germany's continental tire, they're going to the commercial uh, field and fleets with a new digital tire monitoring platform which connects tire temperature and pressure data to a central web portal via a wireless network. Their take is road safety and fleet efficiency. Obviously, if tires are underinflated, they burn more gasoline, they wear quicker, there's a problem. If they're punctured, uh, and I would think this would have a case on, like, uh, your 18-wheelers, the vans. Oh, yeah. Because you don't always – the driver does is not always aware of tire condition. So if you had this happening in real time, it would actually be a boon for truckers and all kinds of
0: fleets. Well, and my I question is, are we talking about all of the tires, including the trailer, or are we just talking about the truck tires?
2: And then how does it communicate with the actual I, – I, I suppose it's going to – uh, communicate with the actual dashboard, so the driver actually sees in real time what's going on with the tr- tire. Like,
1: like, hey, I'm underinflated. Right. I can't take the weight. Or
2: like, hey, you, you, got know, you too took that. Pressure? you took that corner just a little too hard. Can we slow it down up there, please?
1: Yeah. Well, you know,
2: just took a nail.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> let Let me throw this at you. Okay. Okay. From the insurance realm, Hyundai Motor America selects very risk. Very risk. That's V E R I. S-K, for usage-based insurance. What it means, this little agreement they have done uh, is usage-based insurance programs to Hyundai customers in the future, meaning lower insurance premiums for drivers unless you drive like me. What do you mean? Oh, well, you know, lower premiums, typically you obey the speed limit, you come to a full stop, all this kind of stuff. What? Uh, Did you you hear the words usage-based? Mm-hmm. which means they're going to have to have some sort of tracking device I opted in for pretty much like what Progressive does Okay, that would monitor my driving habits, which means I guess I'm up a creek. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Together, both companies will help reduce the cost of ownership for Hyundai owners and lessees. Lower insurance premiums would be especially helpful to younger shoppers looking at buying their all-new Hyundai Kona and Veloster. I'm sorry. Here's the thing. Uh Youthful drivers, usually speed, yep. are distracted, yep. are texting, yep. are on their phone, yep. cranking up the tunes, that. doing everything but driving, though. And how many people do they have in the car? Yeah, another issue. We'll see about these lower premiums. That's what they do with these things. They say, oh, it's going to be lower premiums, but we want to know all your business. Nah, I'm not so much on that. I, I'm, re- I'm really not. Oh, well. Um, when we come back... Things just got real as Ford drops passenger cars. (laughs) So stay tuned.
2: You're riding shotgun with Ken and Roadworthy Drive.
0: to Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester on the Roadworthy Drive Radio Network. A Sabre Full size Buick Electra 225 Oh, luxury Buick Skylark So
1: personal Buick
0: Wildcat Wild Buick Riviera means adventure when you drive So wouldn't you really rather have a Buick
2: this year?
0: You really rather have a Buick. A
2: Buick. A Buick. Oh, wouldn't you really rather have a Buick this year?
1: If you're just joining us, this is Roadworthy Drive and I'm Ken Chester. So glad you decided to be with us. If you've tuned into the news over the last few weeks, you may have heard about the Ford Motor Company's intentions to drop most of their passenger car models. Well, all of them except Mustang Go figure. There's been no information, however, regarding what this means for Lincoln, their longtime upscale brand. Of course, this has major implications for the industry. Remaining new cars on the lots, vehicles about to be turned in from leases to even used cars. <laughs> and that's just Ford. So we're going to take a deeper look right now. Um, we have talked about, we have, how do I put this politely, uh, beat up on mm-hmm. manufacturers. I don't get in my mind. To just even start this conversation, how they can do that and meet these standards. And in our next show, we're going to talk about those standards in a segment.
0: Now, but let's, let's, let's be clear about the standards we're talking about. We're talking fuel economy about standards. Fuel economy standards. Fuel economy
1: mean? standards. But yeah, the headline I'm looking at um, screens it and says, and I quote Ford to stop selling every car in North America but the Mustang and a vehicle that's not even out yet called the Focus Active. This one's not even out yet. It's going to be a new vehicle. It's going to be, uh, their words, crossover-like, yeah, whatever that means, right? Yeah, a a, a white space concept. These are Ford's words, not mine, mm-hmm. with a silhouette that reflects a crossover. Have no idea what that what that mumbo jumbo means, but I guess we'll see. Okay. Now, Ford sees, according to the Ford Motor Company, ninety percent of its North American portfolio in trucks utilities, and commercial vehicles. Does that sound like a friend of yours there, Sasha? <laughs> and they flat out said, we're not investing into the next generation of sedans. Taurus is history. Not happening.
0: Well, and that, that's the thing that really kind of concerns me on several fronts. Mm-hmm. But you, you got GM, you've got Fiat Chrysler, and now you have Ford basically tossing the passenger car out with the baby.
1: Yeah. How did,
2: how many of their trucks, though, are exempt?
1: Exempt from? 250 and up. Yep. 250 and up. Three-quarter ton and up. But yep. see,
2: they're known for their F-150s and mm-hmm. 250s, right? Well, well F
0: it's more the F-150, but the 250 and the 350 don't have to meet the fuel economy standards yet. That's about 11, 12 years away. But yep. all
2: of their SUVs would still have to meet it.
0: Yes. Pretty much at this point because they pretty, make not pretty the Your crossovers, your SUVs, mm-hmm. and your what I call light truck. Which is, which is the F-150 or the 1500 if it's a Chevy or the 1500 if it's the Ram.
2: So even if, and I'm just throwing this out there, obviously they're not going to do this, but even if they were going to make an electric Mustang and the Ford and the, the Edge. Are. Okay, but listen for just a second. Even if that's all they were going to put out, they weren't mm-hmm. going to put out a combustion engine uh, passenger car. The next models were all going to be EV it still wouldn't be enough to equate out
1: the trucks and the SUVs. Mm, the trucks are, go to a different formula, okay. according to the EPA. All right. And Ford, unlike our friends uh, across town, <laughs> yeah. um, are planning a hybrid Mustang and a hybrid F-150. Yeah, but those are hybrids. They're still going to... Ford is committed. Now, uh, we've reported on this. Their Team E. Ford, we reported was probably the most into mobility than any other automaker.
2: Which is why it shocks me that they're getting out of the passenger vehicle.
1: But that's part of their plan. It gets down to money. That's $7 billion they don't have to spend updating cars. Sasha, just
0: for giggles here. Right, right. Go take a look at, we have three four dealers where we live. Mm-hmm. Okay. Take a look at the Ford dealers, take a look at the Chevy dealers, and take a look at the um Ram dealer. Well, the Ram dealer plus the Do- the Dodge dealer. Right. Okay. Here's what I can tell you, because I've been looking this past weekend, because I was curious. Right. They all have 17s left, and the majority of them that are left mm-hmm. are cars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which, if you're looking for a deal
1: right now, that is where the deal is. Right. Yeah, and we'll talk about that a little later okay. in our last segment. Okay. Um, let me give you, let me, since it's all about money, let's boil it down. Ford is looking uh, by 2020 to eliminate in cost $11.5 billion. Ford was going to spend between 2019 and 2022 worldwide mm-hmm. in capital expenditures $34 billion to bring new vehicles to market. They're going to cut that by $5 billion because they're not doing passenger cars anymore. I mean that's some incredible that's some big money and we've always talked about the auto industry being capital intensive. Right. Now here's what I here's what I want to throw at you and I gotta see if I can find it. Ford is convinced that they can get the fuel economy of their crossovers and SUVs up to a point along with hybrids and pure electrics. Ford is committed to complete electric vehicles, something do, that Fiat Chrysler wasn't.
0: Where do they think that they can get, get the crossovers to? What miles per gallon they are did we not, They about? did
1: not say, but they believe they're going to make it. But here's the bet they're making. They're making the bet, and as it turns out, at least tentatively, and we'll talk about this in another show, that it's a fool's bet that the standards they're talking about are going to be weakened so that they will catch a break on getting to 2025.
0: So you you I thought you said the 2022 standards were locked in that they weren't going to be able to change and, it. Yep.
1: and you know what I thought they were we're going to talk about that in another show too my research said ooh that the EP, well that the that the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration mm-hmm. was looking at rolling back and freezing those at 2019 levels Really Yeah but we'll talk about that in another show okay. cuz I am armed and dangerous on that Basically folks what we're looking about is that uh, the Taurus is done now, that uh, that the Fiesta uh, is going to go away probably sometime a year later, and Fusion probably late 2019, early 2020. Wow. History. Now, what will they do? Same thing that Fiat Chrysler did. Replace those plants with crossovers and pickups. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, for the record, Ford sold $209,000 thousand fusions last year. And that's down 100,000. Wow.
0: Okay, so are you basically saying that because it's, I mean, 209,000 is not a number to, to sneeze at at no, all. No,
1: but the number's been dropping, and that's the problem. And it's not fair because the, the fusion is really in the last year of its normal uh, overhaul. Okay. So we'll see. Coming up, the domestics may be bailing out on passenger cars, but the Asian and European manufacturers are not.
2: This is Roadworthy Drive.
0: This is Roadworthy Drive.
1: Welcome to the second part of this hour of Roadworthy Drive. I'm Ken Chester, your host. Now, during this hour, we've been exploring the impact of Ford's announcement to stop selling passenger cars in the United States. In a moment, we will explore what Asian and European manufacturers are planning in the American marketplace. I can tell you, it's different from what the domestics are planning. But first, for those of you who want or need your share of the road, be sure to check out our website, roadworthydrive.com, for the latest goings-on with me and the Roadworthy Drive crew. Listen to audio clips and past shows, watch video of our behind the scene antics, and more. For you mobile types, we're now also on Google Play, so you can get your fix of the road to go. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as YouTube. Sasha is our go-to in all things social because she keeps it moving. With interesting automotive topics posted during the week between shows, see how she... Keeps the social in our social media, you won't regret it, ain't that right, Sasha?
2: It is absolutely correct.
1: Yes, absolutely. You uh, Google Play now? Google Play, yes. Um, if you
2: want to take our podcast on the road, you can actually look up Roadworthy Drive and find our po- podcast right there.
1: Yeah, and I know in our talking off air that uh, we actually will be in some other places. Uh, Down the road that we'll share with our listeners.
2: I am hoping to actually get our podcast on more venues. Um, Not everybody likes to use the uh, Google Play. Google Play. What? I know. It can be a little
1: intimidating. Yes. Okay. All right.
2: So just stay tuned. And of course, you know, constantly watch our Facebook because we put updates up there, too.
1: And if you ain't liked us on Facebook yet, what's the problem? We're friendly folk. You know, don't let Jack scare you. It's okay. Why is it always my fault? <laughs> because you're the designated adult in the room, Jack. And you can also know that they now. can
2: join us for the behind the scenes on YouTube.
0: We have yeah. our own YouTube channel.
1: We do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, Jack?
0: I will have this discussion with you
1: off air. <laughs> what? Let's move on, please. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Asian and European automakers face the same kind of market pressures in the market in the American marketplace as the domestics do. For many years, quality and economy were the engine that kept them successful with the development and sale of subcompact and mid-sized passenger cars. But guess what, people? Things have changed. Or have they? Let me take a
2: look here. That needed music right there. I it needed
1: did. needed dramatic music. It, right it like did, that. but we <laughs> didn't have any. Um, let me start with a case that I think is really interesting. Okay. Um, the sub- Hyundai's sub-brand, their luxury brand, Genesis. For 2019, they are bringing a brand-new car, the Genesis G70, and they didn't stop there. They're bringing a brand-new luxury car to market with a manual transmission.
0: Wow. What? Yeah. Do do the kids of today know how to drive a stick?
1: I do. I do. Okay,
2: but would you classify yourself as a kid of today?
1: Uh, In my own mind. (laughs) The G70 powertrain menu, uh, you have a choice. A 252 horsepower 2 liter supercharged 4 cylinder engine, uh, which is bolted to an 8 speed automatic. Of course. uh, And you can get a 6 speed manual. It also has a 365 horsepower 3.3 liter twin turbocharged V6. Oh my goodness. They're not playing. They're, They're exact their exact words from the company uh-huh. um, g70 sporty focus and manual offering could help the sedan break through the segment while drawing some consumers back to sedans that's their take on it
0: well and my next question is where are these dealers at to sell them
1: well they've got it, they've got genesis dealers all over the country my friend but there is not one here I don't know that for a fact. I think there they're...
2: is. I mean, out in my neck of the woods, I've seen three Genesis parked in the school parking lot.
1: Well, there you go. Enough around,
0: but I don't know where they got them. Well, and you, well, you may be talking Omaha, Kansas City, Minneapolis, mm,
1: uh... Iowa City, Waterloo, Cedar Rapids, probably. Um, let me throw this at you. But there's more. Audi is introducing a new A6, their midsize car, mm-hmm. 2019. Very sophisticated. They're not scared. And there's more. Um, Volkswagen Jetta, mm-hmm. their volume leader. Not only are they bringing in all new Jetta to market, it costs less than the outgoing one. The new 2019 costs less than the 2018. How did that happen? Because they're not playing. Okay. Um, and that and it's available. Oh my God! In one, two, three, four, five different trim levels. Starting at, if I got this right, 18545 for a Ooh. Jetta. Not bad. Not bad but at all. there's more. There always we is. T- we talked about that end. Let's talk about the bottom end because, you know, American automakers can't make money selling small cars. Right. Yeah. 2019 Toyota Yaris. That's their smallest one, correct? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And here's the bombshell. <laughs> it started out as a Scion. Then it became the Yaris IA. Now it's just the Yaris Sedan. Okay. The bombshell? Toyota don't even make it. Do they? They sell it. Con- Who makes it? it? Mazda.
2: Ah. Uh, in there we go.
1: Mexico. Okay. Oh. Sold in the United States.
2: Making money on it?
1: Ah, uh, yeah. They got to be they're making it. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, I want to see if I can find a price for this thing uh, because I know... When it was first introduced as the Scion, right. it was, and it was well-equipped and it drove really well because um, I was in an event. And at that time, and this is about three years ago, it started less than sixteen grand brand new.
2: Yeah,
0: I want to say And it was
1: really decently equipped.
0: Yeah. Well, but where is, do you think, and maybe you don't know this, what is the least expensive small car that you can buy?
1: I would argue between a Yaris and probably a Hyundai Accent.
2: Yeah, that one that you had, like, not even a month ago. And Which wouldn't...
1: was solid as all it get It was. Up. It was really nice. And very nice. nicely equipped. Yeah, it was. Yeah,
0: it was. But again, I would, I would have thought the Kia Rio would have been the cheapest.
1: Um, the Rio, I would probably argue, because it's the sister to the accent. They're the same car. Okay. Um, but there's more. Brand new Toyota Avalon, 2019. Oh. Their flagship car, Awesome. Beautiful. Completely redesigned, Beautiful. and it comes in a hybrid like it always has. Yep, and there's still more. And I'm running these down because this is the 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 Asian manufacturers and the European manufacturers feel that there's going to be a backlash. Uh, much the same way kids looked at min- mom's minivan and said, "I would never drive the mommobile." They believe that the small crossover is becoming that mommobile now. And they may have a chance for sedans. Plus, with Ford leaving, I mean, remember what we just said. 209,000 Fusions were sold last year.
0: Which is not a number to sneeze at at all. No.
1: But they're getting out of that. So if you are Nissan with the redesigned Altima, Honda with the redesigned Accord, Toyota with the redesigned Camry, Mazda with the redesigned Mazda 6, there's three vehicles that are competitors to that Fusion that could pick up Market share. Yeah. And remember, Hyundai, Kia, and a host of others are making smaller cars for folks that ain't got money.
0: I want to ask this question really quick. At what point does Ford, if they have to jump back in, jump back in?
1: (laughs) It's money, my friend, and I guess time will tell. Finally, some ideas and buying strategies if you're in the market.
0: Roadworthy
2: Drive with Ken Chester is heard exclusively on the Roadworthy Drive Radio Network.
0: This is Roadworthy Drive
2: with Ken Chester.
1: the last segment for this hour of roadworthy drive and i'm so glad you were able to drop by i'm ken chester now during this hour we've discussed at length ford's discontinuation of passenger cars as well as how the foreign manufacturers are coping with the same headwinds for this last and final part of the hour i thought i'd take a moment to collect the gems of the several issues that this action has generated and give you my listeners some advice On how to proceed particularly if you're going to be in the market for a new or used vehicle by choice or by necessity in the next few years. As always there are bargains out there and you just need to be aware of where they are and what to do about them. So let me start by laying the groundwork here and I'm going to take you back a little bit. We've reported here on this show about a coming glut of off lease vehicles to the tune of 19 million vehicles. Coming yeah. in the next three years. Okay, so you're saying the next three years we'll have this $19 million. Yes, sir. Okay. Now, superimposed on top of that, Chrysler discontinued the Dart and the Chrysler 200. Mm-hmm. GM, to an extent, um, while it's not firm, uh, they already killed the Sonic. Now, that is firm. The small car, the Sonic, okay. is is gone. It's, they've stopped in production. Um, the other vehicles, like Malibu and... Uh, The Buick LaCrosse, and those are on the chopping block. But GM has not yet pulled the trigger officially on those cars. What about the Impala? uh, They have not pulled the trigger officially. Okay. That said, hey, we're definitely out as of this date. Okay. That has not happened yet. Um, You've got Ford that has given dates. Um, You've got some vehicles that are actually out of production. The Fiesta, out of production as of this month. Done, gone. Um, Taurus I believe we never got the updated Taurus they're selling in China, so they've been building the previous generation Taurus. I believe that's gone bye-bye and will shortly. Um, The other vehicles will go away next year with the Fusion being the last holdout and will probably be gone by 2020. What does that mean to you? Well, if you are thinking you want any of these cars and you're at least maybe a year, two years away, you're going to want to watch. And here's why. As these vehicles end production, dealers and the factory are going to be pushing incredible amounts of money to move them off a lot. Which means, with a little patience and a little flexibility, if you want a passenger car, your best bet is to wait and watch and be ready. Because depending on, I would say, three to six months after they've announced production is done, is when you're probably going to see the biggest amounts of money. Not all of these will be advertised, by the way. Don't wait for the TV commercial because they may not always be. And I believe right now, on Fusion, right now, I thought I heard $4,000.
0: And that's nothing to seize at.
1: It's not, but it's going to get bigger. But if you're looking for a Fusion, you're probably still a couple of years out. Now, what do you do with these vehicles coming back off lease? Well, let's see. The value of them just went down because the automakers announced we're not going to make them anymore. So they're not going to be worth as much. So if I was thinking about a lease right now on a new Ford Fusion, I wouldn't. I'd think seriously about buying it, and I'd wait if I could. Reason: you're going to get a better deal. You know, now you might even see some better lease deals. But the issue is, is to wait or buy a used one. You know, if you want to buy a three-year-old one with low mileage, if that works for you, fine. Um, Otherwise, um, the issue is to wait, is to wait. Now, what about a used car? You know, and I'm talking about a really old used car. Eight, nine years old. Yeah. With all of this product coming on the market, it's going to depress prices for pretty much everything. So it's going to be a matter of really... Um, The power is going to switch to the people with the money. If you want to make the strongest deal for any of these vehicles, your best bet is to be pre-approved, be ready, and be patient. And the best bet is to be looking when you don't need to. In other words, when the car is not on its last legs about to die and you need a car like tomorrow. You know, if you are a year, if you are 18 months out from trading, you know that when you get your tax return next spring, is when you're looking at trading,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: then your best bet, go around, look, and be ready. The deals are going to be there, and the deals are only going to get better. Now, he said, Ken, well, is it just for passenger cars? No. It's almost everything, isn't it? Well, I'll put it to you this way. You had mentioned off-air that you saw in lots a lot of unsold 2017 cars. Yep. My wife got a small crossover. Mm Mm-hmm. January this year. Yep, it was a 2017, and yep. we got a heck of a deal. Yes, you did. Um, now,
0: before we run out of time, yeah, this is something you and I talked about over the phone this past week. Mm-hmm. Once we found out about Ford, mm-hmm. for our friends that don't have excellent credit, mm-hmm. that have a bump or two or three, doesn't matter.
1: Or just broke. Are broke, <laughs> yeah. They have, Hardcore broke. They have a job they're just over broke. Yeah. Um, and my vehicle's like 15 years old. Yeah, and it's dying. E- yeah. There's only so much you can do with duct tape. What? Hey, what? don't knock us, Sasha. What? Uh, duct tape. Uh, what? Uh, uh, and rubber testing.
0: What can these <laughs> folks actually do to improve their situation when, when buying a vehicle? Because I see this helping the
1: independent use car lots. With all of these vehicles, with all these vehicles coming and all these vehicles no longer going to be made, the advantage is going to be with the consumer, no matter where you're at. The dealers, not so much because they're going to be looking at falling prices, but that's for trade-ins too. So the question is, if they are brave enough to be deep into passenger cars, uh, they're running the risk of either, okay, I still believe in them and they're good, but if nobody wants them. A lot of these guys are going to trucks and SUVs. So the challenge becomes, one, if your money is not good, you're going to most likely own a car, not a truck or an SUV. Because that's where the deal is going to be. That's where the most help is going to be. That's where the most motivated sellers, be them dealers, independent dealers, or even private sellers, are going to be. You're going to end up with spending cash. Now, we need to do a show, and probably we'll do it in the future, talking about what you need to know about credit and your credit report. Uh, but this is not the time right now because that's a whole segment at the very least. But cash talks. And you can get a deal, but you got to realize, you know, if you've got $2,000, it's $2,000. And that's the kind of car you're going to buy. It's not impossible, but you're going to have to do your due diligence. The good news is because prices are being um, are falling, you may actually get more for your money uh, at two grand because it's suppressing all the prices. So it's a matter of wait, watch, and be ready. Well, folks, that brings us to the end of this hour. On behalf of the Roadworthy Drive crew, thanks for listening. This has been Roadworthy Drive
2: with Ken Chester. Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester is a copyrighted presentation of the Roadworthy Drive Radio Network. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or any other use is prohibited without the written consent of the Motor News Media Corporation.